Hi guys, welcome back to Millennial Life Crisis. It's been a minute. I know we haven't uploaded for, I guess, I think two weeks now. This episode that you guys are going to listen to today was recorded prior to everything that's been going on online. We wanted to give space for the Black Lives Matter movement. We didn't want to post that week to distract from that. And we've been reflecting and learning a lot since then. And we'll include some resources that you guys can check out if you want to learn more. So that's why we delayed posting. It seems kind of weird because we just started the podcast, but it just didn't feel right to post an episode yet. So we wanted to wait and we wanted to take the time ourselves to learn more rather than recording a podcast. We both watched the documentary 13th. So good. I definitely recommend you guys check it out. It's really, really well made and very eye-opening to just the racial injustice in our country that in ways that I didn't even know with the prison system and everything. So I would definitely recommend watching that one if you have a Netflix subscription. You know, obviously watching one documentary isn't enough and there's so much work to be done. I think that we've all realized that. Um, But just want to acknowledge that and that's why we didn't post for a week. We have been doing our own work ourselves, learning and everything offline. I know it seems like just talking about it, bringing awareness doesn't do a lot, but I think it does do a little. I think it does help for people to kind of shift their mindset and actually be aware. And with that, it inspires people to take action. One thing we can all do, though, is be sure to register to vote. If you're not registered to vote, you know, turn off this podcast right now and go do that. Actually, okay, you could probably keep the podcast on while you do it. But um, but really, that's one thing that can bring about change is actually voting And I don't just mean for the president. I mean at the local level too, because that I think, you know, I'm no expert on this stuff, but I'm pretty sure that's where our votes hold a little more weight. But yeah, just friendly reminder to make sure to register to vote if you want to help bring about change with everything going on. I think that's really a way that we all can do that. So getting into today's episode, we have Sarah Dietschy on the podcast. Sarah is a tech YouTuber and she actually has an interesting story. She dropped out of college to do YouTube. She got this shout out from Casey Neistat that kind of blew her up. But I think as you'll see along this interview, it didn't just happen by chance. You know, she really is super smart. I think she's one of the smartest YouTubers I know, to be honest. So we're going to talk about how she, you know, decided to stop going to college and pursue YouTube and then also kind of what's going on with her now. Also, you guys, I feel like such an idiot. I accidentally deleted my podcast audio, but I still had Monica and Sarah's. So you're going to hear my audio as Zoom audio. So it's really unfortunately very low quality. I paid like $100 to try and recover it, but couldn't get it back. So this is kind of the best that we could do. It honestly pains me to put up this episode with such like bad audio, but at least this part has good audio. Um, But yeah, if you're confused why Sarah and Monica sound crystal clear and I sound like I'm on the phone, that is why. So hopefully you guys don't notice that. And then you know, future episodes will not be like that. So before we get into the interview, this podcast is sponsored by Hatch Restore. Hatch Restore combines a sound machine, sunrise alarm, smart light, meditations, and alarm clock, 
all into one easy to use device. You just plug it in, download the free Hatch Sleep app, follow the on-screen instructions to set up your personalized sleep routine, and it'll help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up gently. It's that easy. You can get that sleep that you've been dreaming about. It's proven actually to help you sleep and wake up better. At night, I like to relax with a soft light. So it has this soft glow reading light that won't strain your eyes with any blue hues. And they also have meditations you can play if you need help falling asleep, which is really great. Sometimes, you know, the Sunday scaries hit different and you need that. Then in the morning, the sunrise alarm clock wakes you up in a gentle way that supports healthy cortisol levels. You know, to me, there's nothing worse than waking up in a panic because you have a scary alarm clock. It's just not a great way to start the day. With Hatch, you don't have to worry about that. It makes it easier to wake up even earlier. Visit Hatch.co to learn more and use the code MLC10 to get $10 off restore today. That's Hatch.co, not .com, .co.co, and use code MLC to get $10 off today. All right, let's get into the episode. We're still awkward at getting into this, but hey, we got Sarah here. I started. That was my start. <laughs> so welcome, welcome, Sarah. Our first guest on Millennial Life Crisis. Oh, That's this is right. such an honor. And thank our you. favorite person ever, Aww, just so you know. Thank you. We just, I know. Hyped, we just hyped you up in the intro. I love it. Favorite I mean, New we York. Just there's about... what eight million people in New York. So. Yeah, there's a ton. yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. So yeah. little yeah. background, because I feel like some of our yeah. yeah let's talk about how we met. Yeah. Or or just first, do you want to tell us what you do on YouTube for people mm-hmm. who don't know you? Yet? Yes. One hundred percent. It's so funny. You said how we met, and I almost. I don't think I remember. I feel Dude, like we've I don't remember always either. known like, each all other. Went to Disneyland. I remember we've that. definitely. Oh. Okay. To, so huh. maybe it was at a, a playlist. No, or I don't. I remember like tweeting you. Okay, I Sarah, I found your videos before you found me. Okay. I found <laughs> I found your videos before I your Casey Neistat like, video. No and was way. Like, Dude, you had like yeah, not a lot of subscribers, and I was like, this chick is so cool. Oh, thank you. Wait, what video was it? Like me uh, reviewing I mean, a camera bag. No, I think it was, did you do Creative Spaces stuff before yes. Casey Neistat? Yeah, I did. it was some of those. And I was like, oh my oh, gosh, I want to be her friend. And I oh. I thought you were really cool. That's such a and good compliment. Thank you. When you like found me too, I w- was fangirling for oh, yeah. sure. Oh yeah, because I, I love the vlogs. And then I found there was another one of you. Yeah. And I was like, how is there so much talent between these two? Um, it's crazy. But yeah, so I mean, I started with a lot of those types of videos, whether it was miniature travel montages or I did a creative docu-series called Creative Spaces TV. It was during the time, which I think y'all can relate to as well, where I really didn't want it to be on camera. I, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. being behind it, filming other people's stories. And that was during the time where I, I always watched you know, MTV Cribs. So I was like, okay. Okay, I need to create something that I want to watch where we're, we're seeing people's creative spaces where they're showing them, mm-hmm. you know, how they do what they do and where they do it. It's like, I don't care about what's in 50 cents refrigerator. Show me his mm-hmm. recording studio. Yeah. So that's kind of how that came about. And then, um, y- you know, camera reviews have always been a, a part of my YouTube channel, which is so funny because I have always been editing. So video editing is my thing. 
but filming and getting you know my first camera that didn't start until later on um so really once i just started getting my first camera when i was 17 years old yeah i didn't have i was just using my dad's canon t3i for a while because i just cared about editing we started with our dad's camera too yeah yeah so Once I started kind of getting into, you know, the equipment, I was basically learning with my audience. So I would Mm -hmm. go to my my friend who taught me how to film and be like, hey, tell me the difference between ISO, shutter speed and aperture again. And then I would literally make a video the next week about, hey, guys, I'm going to tell you the differences between (laughs) shutter. So, you know, I was it was like 2014, 2015. And I was just Mm -hmm. sharing with my audience basically things that I was learning you know, weeks or months before. And I think it resonated with people just because I feel like teachers are the best teachers right after they learn it because they know what it's like not to know it. So they know how to, they know how to teach it. Yeah. 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 We did that same thing, but with like hair and makeup when we were 14. So it was like, what, like we're 14 and really know how to do this that well, but we're like, oh yeah, no. But it was relatable to the audience that was watching you, you know, and I yeah. think that's that's the so fun part. So people probably weren't even really watching for the tutorial as much as just like, oh, this is fun. This person yeah. is also learning. Yeah, yeah, totally. Exactly. So, so yeah, you started that- your channel then when you're like 15. So yeah. I posted, yeah, I posted my first YouTube video in 2011. So I was in 11th grade. So I was probably 15 or 16. I was 16 because I was young for my grade. August okay. 11th birthday. Did um, you have any like intentions with it? Like were you like, like what was happening in your life? Like mm-hmm. you were getting ready to go to college and all these things kind of. So during that time, I made a huge pivot in my life between sports was my everything. I played basketball. Basketball was my thing up until mm-hmm. my sophomore year of high school when I just didn't have the same passion for it. But I was obsessed with music. So I played electric guitar. I had all the pedals, the amps, the guitars. Mm-hmm. And that was my thing. I was like obsessed with music. So being in the music scene, being in a band, it was one of those things that music is so closely related, I think, to other creative fields. So when I was jamming with my friends, we were also recording music videos and we were shooting photos and doing all these other adjacent creative things. That was a ton of fun. So Mm -hmm. I really kind of just learned all of those things besides music, but my focus was always music. Um, So there's no pressure to it. I was just learning, okay, Canon T3i, Final Cut Pro 7. I was making really goofy music rap uh, videos for my high school and middle school projects. Um, and so it wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking about it, YouTube being a thing, but oh, hey, Mm -hmm. I want to send this video to someone, so I'm going to upload it to YouTube. So I didn't really even think about the random 200 people who saw it. All I, all I thought was like, hey, I can post a video about this guitar pedal because I need to sell it. So I'm going to record a video and I'm going to have fun with it of me playing this pedal, uh, because I want to sell it. And I posted Mm -hmm. that YouTube URL to the gear page forums was such a big thing. I was always on the guitar forums and I sold the pedal and I was like, great, YouTube did its thing. You know, the video helps me sell the pedal. I got like 200 views. That's interesting. And then I came back to the video. That was my first video in 2011. I came back to it um, a few years later and it had thousands of views. And I was like, I didn't really even understand that this thing was public. What's going on? And then you learn YouTube is built on the world's biggest search engine, Google, and search is a thing. So that my wheels were turning early on. Whoa. Was that like your revelation? Because I actually have something very similar that happened for me. Yeah. Was that when when you came back and saw it had like thousands of views? Was that when you thought to yourself? I was. Well, it was. Wait, same. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh my but it didn't happen until many years later, though. So oh, yeah, in that okay. time, did you post any other videos? It, it, it definitely was very casual. Like, I literally would post... Honestly, I was kind of leaning on that search thing. I was like, okay, I just want I just want some su subscribers. So I went to a Taylor Swift concert in Dallas and I recorded the whole thing on my iPhone and mm. I cut it up. Taylor Swift, full red tour, Dallas, Texas Cowboys Stadium concert. And that got like 20,000 views. And I was like, oh shoot, that's pretty good. So yeah, so it was mm -hmm. like a, it was a variety of that. And then, hey, I got a Canon 70D. I'm gonna film me unboxing it and then testing out. And a really weird thing, and I know we now have the Peter McKinnons of the world and all that, mm -hmm. but really back in the day, people weren't actually showing footage of camera equipment. They would unbox it. Unboxing was really mm -hmm. big and they would, they would tell you the specs, but they wouldn't show you it. So I thought that was so silly. So I'd basically, you know, babysit guitar lessons and then I would buy a lens and um I would do I would just show it I'd be like hey here's the lens but now I'm gonna put it on the camera and show you what it looks like and I would just do yeah I would just do a lot of that nice so innovative yeah killing it so at what point did you decide to kind of try this YouTube thing seriously well, wait we gotta talk about the well I don't know if I've ever asked this you, you kind of blew up when you made a video oh, yeah, like yeah. about Casey Neistat mm -hmm. and yeah. it was super good. Thank you. It was Thank you. so good. Yeah. It was but, one of those uh, yeah. things in my life that I was, I, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, first 20 years of my life. I moved to Nashville because I had some friends there and I had no idea what I was doing with my life. I was still studying electrical engineering in college and I was like, hey parents, I'm going to move to Nashville. And they were like, okay, but you're, you're still going to continue school, right? And I was like, oh, fine went to Belmont for a semester, dropped out of Belmont because I had a lot of cool creative friends there. That's when I started being consistent with YouTube and mm. I was posting two videos a week. I was like, one for me, one for them. I'm gonna post one that's gonna pick up in the search. It's gonna get at least a thousand views. Then I'm gonna do a video that's for me. That's like a passion project, a creative space TV, a weird montage travel film, something fun, right? So mm -hmm. I was really going hard with that. And I, at the same time, I was also applying for this thing called the Adobe Creative Residency, where Adobe pays you a full year salary to basically just create and share the process along the way. So I was doing those two things because I knew I was going to drop out of college. I was like, screw this. This is the worst. Oh, I'm not going to be an engineer. And so I was gaining subscribers. I had like three 3,000 subscribers. I had like 3,500 subscribers. I was getting excited. Okay, um, those are exciting times though. So no, I literally dropped out of college with 3,000 subscribers. Um, That's crazy. So crazy. Yeah. And How did you decide? Was it different? Would you recommend that to anyone? <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom always says, cause you know, I'm on the phone with my mom at that time, like every day, because she knew I hated college and electrical engineering wasn't for me. And my scholarship had mm -hmm. ran out at that point. So oh, okay. I had basically spent all of my savings on one semester at Belmont. And it just made no sense financially. Dang. And she knew, she she always said, you know, like, well, you weren't like on the couch eating Cheetos. I was like doing random video production gigs. I would do the corporate video or literally like, I would go to American Airlines headquarters and two people would talk about, oh, their new campus and what they're excited about. And I would cut it down into a two minute video. So I was doing like boring corporate videos like that, that were paying yeah. the rent. So I knew even though, you know, if I wasn't going to be a YouTuber, I could still do that and then figure out YouTube like five years later or something. Yeah. You're gaining like real life skills. Like. Yeah, exactly. So I knew that 
like earning two exactly i knew Mm -hmm. like earning two thousand dollars a month making videos is way better than spending like six thousand dollars a month on a college degree that i hate right that just the math didn't work um but yeah i was super i wouldn't say it was a healthy dose of delusion and optimism and faith in my abilities because i really was seven months out from the adobe creative residency for them to open up their next applications dropped out for those next seven months, I was like, I am training to be the perfect candidate, the perfect candidate. Oh, wow. So you dedicated wow. to that. You didn't just randomly apply. You knew oh, going in. Yeah. And it's way easier to admit it now in hindsight, but I didn't really share that with my parents because I felt that would almost like sound more delusional. Like, oh, okay, Sarah, so you're going to drop out, get a residency from Adobe and become a YouTuber. Like, Oh my gosh. I actually love what you're saying though about the delusion because you actually, to be successful in anything, you have to be so delusional. Well, you have to have a goal. Yeah. You have to. And you have to be like over, like over believing in yourself fully. Like, it's so crazy. You have to fully commit. Like, when I started my channel, I was so delusional because I was, like, 13 and I was like, oh, yeah, I could have hundreds of thousands of subscribers. I was ridiculous. But if I didn't have that mindset, you know, I would have quit or I wouldn't have been here. It's the belief in it. Oh, you have to be crazy delusional for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. so it's – and to clarify, it's not the type of stuff that, mom, dad, I'm going to go try out for American Idol – um, mm. and then I have a terrible voice and I don't, yeah. I've never sang, you know, cause you know, those yeah, people you yeah, see yeah, on American yeah. Idol, you're like, oh, I feel so bad for them. Why did they n- never have parents that told them they sucked at singing? Right. Yeah. No yeah. One told them. Exactly. <laughs> so you have to have, you have to have the, the things around you saying, oh, you're actually somewhat talented and you can yeah. work on this. You know, I had people in yeah. my life, I had people paying me for gigs. I did wedding films. I, I was like it was really exciting to make a video and see a person's reaction, how excited they were. Um, so, you know, I, I had those signals. Yeah. I would have been fine. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I was just like, yo, being 21 and living my life for my plan B was just too much for me to take. I mean, I was literally being like, well, I'm 21 and I guess I should just give up and be an electrical engineer and like Ugh. have that six-figure salary, right? And it just made me Ugh. sick to my stomach, man. I was like, nah. A lot of people do that though. And probably a lot of people listening to this podcast are like at a crossroads of, yeah, you know, should mm-hmm. I do this major? Like, what should mm-hmm. I do? So Sarah's living proof that it can work out. <laughs> and try yeah. it. I mean, that's when, you know, I did electrical engineering for three and a half years uh, two years into it, I switched to computer science because when I was an EE major, I literally got a job doing exactly what I thought I wanted to do. I got a job at an electronic shop, like fixing guitar pedals and pianos and amps. And I discovered, holy smokes, I love music, but I hate like uh, making the equipment and tending to the equipment and like caring about circuits. This is the worst. Oh, man. So I, I had real world proof that, oh, this is this is not what I want to do. Okay, next. Yeah. You know, you got to you got to full send it, y'all. Whatever you're yeah. doing, full send it and you're going to figure out if you like it or not. Quick break 
break for our sponsor, Skillshare. I've talked about Skillshare on my YouTube channel quite a lot before, and I've been subscribed to it myself for over a year now. Skillshare is an online learning community for creatives where millions of people come together to take the next step in their creative journey. It's really for anyone, beginners, pros, dabblers, masters. There's so many different classes that you can jump into something new or you can get better at something you already know kind of a lot about. For example, I've taken some of the editing classes. Even though I edit a lot, I still find that there's a lot that I can learn on Skillshare. They have so many different classes though, from marketing to graphic design, photography. That's just to name a few. If you guys take a look on the website, there is like almost anything you can imagine on there. Really, it's impossible to not find something you're interested in. Most of the classes are under 60 minutes and they have short lessons, so it really can fit into any schedule. Like I said, I've really dabbled in the editing tutorials because I want to make cooler title cards and graphics for my videos, so I found it to be very helpful for that. You know, if you're in quarantine and you're getting bored, you know, you're uncertain about what's next, a creative challenge or productivity class may offer that structure that you need for setting small goals and feeling a sense of accomplishment. Also, Skillshare is very affordable especially compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops, an annual subscription to Skillshare is less than $10 a month. And think about it, it's unlimited classes. Like that's actually pretty insane. So you guys can explore your creativity at skillshare.com slash mlifecrisis and get two free months of premium membership. So we'll have that link in the show notes if you guys want to check it out. But yeah, skillshare.com slash mlifecrisis if you want to check it out. I have a question. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... With electrical electrical engineering, I'm assuming it's a pretty male dominated. Oh yeah, thing. That's a, that's a story yes. in my life. <laughs> and and even with like the types of videos you do right now, I feel like it's there's more like men in the space also making like tech review videos. Yeah. And me and Shelby have felt it when we went to film school and stuff. It was just a bunch of guys and a couple girls. Like the teachers would be like, "Wow, I'm surprised. There's the three girls school. in this class. Like, yeah. wow, we got we have a great turnout this quarter." Mm -hmm. And we're like, yeah. "What?" So but they would overcompensate being extra nice. Oh, they would be extra nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like that you're so confident. And I feel like when I see you, you don't let anything stop you. But what is your point of view on that? Like, yeah. have you had experiences with, you know, like negative experiences with this or like things you had to work yeah, through? Totally. Or? Yeah. I, it's so, a lot of times it's so hard for me to talk about this type of stuff because it almost seems it's like a very unrelatable view I feel like because it really mm -hmm. starts all with parenting and how mm -hmm. you grow up so a lot of times when I talk about it people are like well it's too late like I don't have that oh, mindset that's not how I was grow mm -hmm. growing up but mm -hmm. I had parents that you know I was always I was like always very ambitious and I always had parents that loved me a ton and they supported me but they were also very realistic they told me like it is but when i was literally four years old i started playing softball girl softball mm -hmm. and i was like dude they suck like i don't want to do this like i want to play boys baseball look at them look at what they're doing mm -hmm. so at the age of five my mom was just like okay like okay let's go oh try gosh. out for boys baseball and starting at the age of five I was playing boys baseball after one season of girl softball oh so when you were five uh, were you like yeah yeah this oh I have, I have really cute pictures yeah of me in like my baseball uniform with my BFF Hayden okay. um oh my so gosh. I just have a ton of experiences like that where I never like I was never the victim like my mom was always it was never because there's two ways to respond to that 
Mm-hmm. there's like one way to be like oh no sweetie i'm sorry that's just the way it is like you're oppressed like mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. go play with the boys especially in texas sounds like your parents yeah. yeah 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 and then there's there's the there's the thing that my mom did that was like okay cool let's go try out for the boys baseball if you can hang with them like that's sick who cares mm-hmm. you know like i'm not gonna care about that judgmental mom looking at me like who cares? Let's go play boys baseball. And I played boys baseball for probably like over five years and it was so fun. But that was literally, I think that encapsulates my entire life of like, I've always been in the boys club, like everything I've been interested in, um, was always a male dominated fields. But that's why I feel like it's so weird. Like you don't like, what's the point of assigning hobbies and things to gender? I think that's so weird. Like if you like something, you like it, like go, go for it right that is Um, weird so that's I I've been lucky enough from an early age I was never the victim and I think that's where people get stuck early on Mm -hmm. is you know and I'll say that there comes a point where I started to get older and it honestly started to actually get in the way right when you get older Mm -hmm. things get more complicated so as a kid, I was just like, yeah, Filson, like I had guy best friends. I had a few good girl best friends, but really I was just like playing tackle football with the boys, nothing ever. Like I, that was me. I was big tomboy. That's the thing. But then once you get older, you start realizing, oh, okay, wait, this is actually a problem sometimes. Like the boys mm-hmm. club thing actually does get in the way sometimes. The, you know, the thing where you have best guy friends and you have such a good friendship with them, but then they profess their love for you. And you're Ooh, like, yeah. damn it. Again, really guys, yes. like guys I really enjoyed girls, hanging out. You it know? is hard for them to be friends. So yeah, and it's, it's just learning like, man, so many of my platonic relationships that, I treasured I and that I miss like got ruined with feelings right um and so it's after doing a few cycles of that being like oh man maybe there is a difference right maybe there is something here that sometimes causes problems and you you have to grow up and address that but the best way is to never when you're growing up and you're young like you don't want to notice that like Mm -hmm. it's better to figure out later on right because I literally think the victim mentality of like, oh, I'm a woman, so I can't is the worst place to be in because it's a it's a position of defense. Like you're not going for it. You're not you are being what other people think you are. You're being timid. You're you know, so mm-hmm. it's a tricky thing to talk about because there are clear differences and there are issues that come up, but mm-hmm. almost dwelling on that makes things worse if that makes sense it almost sounds like it wasn't even like a thought in your mind Mm -hmm. because you're so young guys i kid you not it wasn't i had two moments in my life there was one where it came in high school and my best friend my best guy friend like ditched me for a best guy friend of course because he didn't Mm -hmm. he wanted to stop being teased because people would tease us Ooh, sitting in a tree k-i-s-s are you serious and then so that, you know, that happened. That's when was that, that was pretty hurtful. Like that 100 percent. Totally. Um, but, you know, that's just the thing. Yeah. And then that dealing with like best friends, you know, confessing their love, whatever. So that was mm-hmm. a whole realization. But I never thought it would be a pro- problem professionally. Never. I was like, oh, yeah, we're all bros. We can until. Oh, let's hear it. Two, two or three years ago. 
I was at um, a conference and I was so, and this was during the time after the Casey thing where a lot of people were just acknowledging me for the Casey girl, right? So this really, really huge YouTube couple, um, the guy of the couple DM'd me and was like, yo, I'm such a huge fan of your vlogs, these videos specifically. He recognized me outside of the Casey video. It was like so validating because he had mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of subscribers. I was like, man, this feels good. This is sick. And we're going to go to this conference and we're going to collab. Like we planned a proper collaboration and I'm very professional and if people watch my videos, and, and that's the reason too, I'm a big fan of like, you do you, if you wanna flaunt your stuff, do it, I could care mm-hmm. less. But I was always very intentional in that people will watch my videos because they liked my videos. They're not gonna watch my videos because of you know boobs or whatever, like yeah. you have to like me for me. So if you know me, you should have no concerns, right? Mm-hmm. So I go do this collaboration and it's literally like booster boarding out in the city, doing drone footage. Everything's like outside and light and fun. We both, you know, go back to doing whatever at the conference. Um, and I was so excited. I was like, oh man, this is like my next big break. Like he gave me a shout out. I gave him a shout out, whatever. We did a proper collab. Um, mm-hmm. And then I got this long wall of text. And he said, I'm not posting our video together. And I would like for you to not post our video together because I came to this conference to support my girlfriend. And she doesn't think it was fair that I was out writing booster boards with you all day when I should have been here to support her. And I was like, what? I was like, dude, that was the first. Literally, I just started bawling. I like called my mom because in my mind, I was like, this is my next break. Like I'm yeah. gonna get, it was, it was a other YouTuber who like saw me for my work. It felt so great. It was gonna be, you know, his subscribers were gonna come over. It's gonna be so great, but wow. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I can't post this video because something, I don't know. And maybe like, it had bro, to Like bro, that is a it, personal problem. So yeah. But, like he was a YouTuber, like that was work. I no, don't yeah, get how, no, exactly. So, so weird. So that was the first time. And, you know, I was like, that wasn't until that was four years ago. You know, I was 21 and I, I hadn't had any experiences like that. So that mm-hmm. was the first time that I was like, damn, okay. No, if I was a dude, like that mm-hmm. would have been fine. Yeah. yeah. You know, that yeah. actually would have been different. That could have been the difference of me like getting 50,000 additional subscribers. And because, you know, that like that so you know there was maybe a few moments like that that i've experienced that i'm like okay it is different but i will Mm -hmm. say overall like generally the tech community is so supportive like all of the men in the tech community exactly so so forever for every like one terrible experience i have i have like 20 good ones so i try not to like dwell on it but yes 100 percent. like it is very obviously a problem sometimes <laughs> yeah shelby have you had any problems with it i feel like i can't like pinpoint something at the moment but just in life in general there's definitely been mm-hmm. but i need to mm-hmm. think of a, a good a good yeah. one maybe it's the time that we're living in but some guys almost want to overcompensate and be like no i'm not like that yeah no i feel like even when i went to ces so Right, me and Monica only ever did lifestyle videos for so long. So it was like tech, like, okay, am I gonna vibe with these people? Like, what is this? 
And I felt like everyone was actually so cool yeah. and nice and smart. And no one, I don't think that I've met so far has really been weird at all. Um, but yeah, especially at the Tesla Cybertruck event, I, I had seen some other like Tesla YouTubers, but I went to it alone and I was like, I'm not in this world. Like this is, what's this gonna be? But I felt like everyone was super nice. And all of the guys at it were like almost going out of their way to make it not. <laughs> not weird yeah Yeah. well i guess i'm just the unlucky one well you're the one yeah your 50 year old creep story well i have another story this was um yeah that guy was pretty weird i don't want to bring him up though i don't want him emailing me like 25 more times so wow um yeah so when we were in film school uh we were like 19 or 20 i think we were 19 it was like our first quarter of it and there was this guy that at the time I didn't know his age, but he looked kind of young. He was 30, though. And he had a little more experience. His parents, like, owned a little TV station thing. And so he he kind of knew stuff. And he was kind of flexing it to me and Shelby, like, oh, yeah, I could help you with this, um, with this coloring. And, like, we could work together. And he was so, like, complimenting us all the time. Like, you're so amazing. You're so good at that. And then we got paired up on a group project together. So he came over and we were working on something. And like, that was it. That was that. And he was, he was always trying to be like, let's work together on more things. And then on Valentine's Day, he like asked me to be his like girlfriend and kind of professed his love and all these things. And when I said no, he was like, you're not even that good at video anyways like is. you're not there at all is. good yep. and it was like whoa yep. this whole time you were just trying to get to me through that yeah. it was super Man, that's weird so gross. yes so and it, gross. it's happened to me like a few times now and yeah. I'm like, yo what is going on yeah i don't know it's it's and i a- i did not give him any I did not give him any attention in that sort of way. And yeah. he said, you were checking me out in class yeah. and this and that. And oh, like, it's the what? I'm telling what? you, I feel like life and maybe older people will say, no, Sarah, you're completely wrong. But I feel like life is going to be so much more simple when we're a little bit older. Maybe more people have like husbands and wives. Mm-hmm. And the line is just like so much more clear. That oh, it's just yeah. like we're working you know i don't know if that yeah. comes with age but i feel like oh, it does because yeah. when you know that's one of my 20s, favorite things is when know? i'm working with someone and i find out like that they're not single <laughs> so i'm like oh yes like they're not gonna have a thought in their mind you know they're with someone this is like already more comfortable so and then i'll play the devil's advocate and shelby maybe you can talk to this did you find yourself at the tesla event thinking hey some of these guys are kind of cute i kind of mm. want them to be you know because where do you draw that line if yeah. everything is professional and, and you know you're here to work but then if you're always working how do you find people how do you find lasting relationships mm-hmm. um, okay so at that at that event in particular not really because everyone was a lot older than me i felt okay. like everyone was yeah because not a lot of people i feel like our age really get a tesla anyway yeah um unless they're a youtuber or something or totally i mean it's definitely possible though Mm -hmm. um but that's so true with i guess i i feel like i haven't been to a youtube event in so long Mm -hmm. like a vidcon type of thing Mm -hmm. you know yeah like okay not even and if i go to 
events in LA, they're always like the more like fashion beauty brand. So it's just a bunch of girls and like their boyfriends. Right. So right. it's you're not really gonna meet anyone there. So mm-hmm. do you do the apps? I I have been going on, on the apps. Yeah. Sorry, I know we're getting on a tangent, but I'm curious because I'm curious in L.A. specifically. In L.A., Hinge is a big thing. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's everywhere, but it's like no one really uses like Tinder or any of those. Okay. I don't. Tinder seems sketch. But Hinge is the most normal looking. Okay. Um, Do you say that you're a YouTuber? No, I think I took out my last name, too. Oh, that's smart. So when you mm. match with someone, it'll just put like my name. Um, so yeah, I went on one on, like hinge app one time ever. Like that's the only time I've ever. And I said, like I was a YouTuber, and the little coffee date turned into like twenty questions. Of, yeah. So what's it, was it like a, being a YouTube star? It was a nightmare. It was it was a consultation. That's probably yeah. what this turned into. I know. I was like, yo, but you know, I want to say, there are oh, yeah, a few yeah. hinge dates where it's like I'll have someone recognize me on the date. I'm like, oh, that's mm. that's cool. That's that's a flex. oh, that's a flex. Yeah, that is I a wouldn't fle- I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> Be like, but sure. no, like it happened this one time where it was a first date and like within literally a minute of meeting this guy because it was from Hinge. Some other guy was like, oh, I've seen you like from YouTube. And like we hadn't really like if I'm talking to someone on Hinge, <laughs> we're not having conversations like at all. It's like, okay, let's meet right. and see if we like each other or not. Yeah. Like, right. Like, was that your bowling alley date, Shelby? Yeah. Dude, fact, that yeah. date. <laughs> the fun fact on that one. Who are we hanging out with? It was me, Shelby, and Morgan. Morgan Yates. She's a YouTuber. Yeah. We were all getting like happy hour before that. And then Shelby's like kind of pre-gaming to go on this bowling alley date. Me and Morgan are like, we want to go bowling too. That sounds fun, but like, like not crush your date. Yeah, she did not want us to go. So we ended up going though. We got there and then we realized we see, we saw Shelby's date and straight up before Shelby, I think we got there before Shelby or something and I made eye contact with him and I feel like, I was like, oh shit, I forgot we're twins. What if he thinks I'm her? <laughs> and so I just made a beeline in the other direction. I did not act like like I recognize the person at all. So I saw Shelby's date beforehand. So me and Morgan, oh we saw the send off of, of them, you know, starting to hang out. And then we were like, this is super weird. We're going to leave. That is so funny. So it was funny back though. Back to the date though, that, so the guy who recognized me ended up DMing me later being like hey we should go bowling oh, <laughs> what you were like on a date but yeah. okay and i was that like Did so you not see them? Okay. but i, I see what you're saying though sarah too like we, we're not men haters okay there's no, yeah, a time yeah, yeah. and a place and it's like totally appropriate to ask someone like when that guy dm'd you that wasn't totally wrong of him it, yeah. and it's fine if you're interested in someone to ask but it's not fine when like then afterwards you're like well actually you're not good at any of that exactly. stuff or it's not fine to set up like hanging out like for a work thing and in your head you have this intention of it's like a date and getting to know yes. someone when like you did not express that at all all like, it that's is is transparency. Yeah. It's, it's being a human and communicating. Like, that's mm-hmm. all it, that's all it is. Yeah. Literally, our, because um, me hanging out with now my fiance, it started with a YouTube collab. Yeah, how'd um, you guys meet? Wait, that's so, so <laughs> he, he did something right. So let's hear what John did right. Okay, where's John? Well, <laughs> what was so funny, it was this very professional. He, 
um he emailed me and it's so funny because i don't check email that oh you guys much. met so from an email i'm glad he emailed me and i checked yeah, that email shoot. but he was like hey we should collab i have this many subscribers and i clicked on his youtube channel he had like a hundred thousand more than me and i was like oh this will be a great call did you have know? any like were you like oh he's kind of cute or were you just like not literally not until the first day we hung out like when oh, i okay. saw his channel and stuff all i was was like oh okay he's a professional skater cool mm -hmm. he makes youtube vlogs and he has a ton of subscribers this will be great it'll be a mm -hmm. fun hang i'll never see him again um but i was going to because he was in la at the time so i was flying to la literally like two weeks later so i was like hey let's do the collab i'm actually coming to la it was the most proper collab i've ever done i'm like <laughs> i have an extra pair of snapchat spectacles we can do a giveaway on your channel if they come subscribe to both of us and we'll give away something and it was very proper but then mm -hmm. we spent literally the entire day like skating on santa monica Boulevard, did you guys just like hit it off sunset yeah so it was like a, an immediate thing like i'm wow. very upfront with people um so and that's why it's so disappointing when like friendships and business partnerships like become weird um, mm -hmm. because from the get go, I'm like, OK, full on buddy mode, you know, and it's no mm -hmm. will they won't they. So it was pretty instant with John, like our second day in California we hung out is so funny because I know. Do you guys know who Matt King is? He's part of like the Dave, yeah. David Dobrik yeah. vlog squad. So he actually went to a high school that was right next to mine in, in Texas. <laughs> so we had some mutual friends and stuff. So once we were both doing social media, I was like, hey, we need to get together. I'll be in California. So I thought, oh, because I'm a connector. I like connecting people. So I was like, mm -hmm. hey, John, let's hang out again. Um, we'll just go to lunch with this guy. I think it would be great for you to meet him and then we can hang out after. So our second day hanging You're out. Like his manager. <laughs> you know, I like I like doing that stuff. But what yeah, was no, so funny because because Matt wanted to learn more about YouTube. Um, and what was so funny is Matt King became our third wheel on our second day hanging out. Oh wow! Because he is wanted he going to be at the wedding? <laughs> right, I should invite him. Yeah, you um, should. What was so funny because he wanted to learn like YouTube, so he was soaking up all this knowledge and he just did not want to leave us. So we were like, okay, John and I, we got to go edit a video. So we'll see you later, Matt. It's so good hanging out with you. But he just, he kept like hanging out with us. And oh my it became a thing where like John got, he was like, this is weird. I'm going to peace out. So our second day hanging, I finally, I was like, oh, wait, I actually like this guy. This is a new feeling. Um, but I kind of goofed up the second day hanging. So we had a month of just texting each other where I had to very clearly lay out in the text message. Because I literally a month before Eric Conover was like uh, sleeping on my couch in my apartment. So he oh, had wow. a very... It was in, the, you know, and like all these guys were in my vlogs all the time in New York. So he had no idea because he your was whole just another one was. of the bros. Yeah. Well, not mm -hmm. status. It was very clear, like Eric, Sam Sheffer, those dudes were my bros. And I okay, made that yeah, very clear yeah. in the video. So he thought he, thought he was, he was just friends another bro, of right? Oh, okay. okay. So I had to very clearly lay out in a text message of like, you should come hang out in New York. But, but like, like get, as a bro. No, yeah. And I, I, this is literally the way I said it. I was like, mm. but you would have to get an Airbnb because like, you know, I don't want, I said something like clever or something like that because yeah. Eric had just stayed over. it was over. like you're interested. Yeah, mm -hmm. where I'm like, mm -hmm. Eric was a homie. So that's why he, I let him stay on my couch. Like, 
Yeah. And if that has a romantic interest, it's kind of a bold move. It could be awkward all of a sudden. Like, yeah, no, that's so that's why I was like proper. But you can sense that like he felt the same way. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, we were definitely like flirty and text messages and stuff. So it happened. Were you texting like all like every day? All the time. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. That's like, whoa, what's going on? So where he lived in L.A. was it? Yeah, we did long distance for like six months. Oh my gosh. Dang. Yeah. Dang, dang. Yeah, yeah. But it worked out because, you know, we're both YouTubers. So we, we we don't put each other in each other's videos a ton. So there's no mm-hmm. pressure. Um, but yeah, you guys also, are very on your own. Yeah. It's good, yeah, I think. Yeah. But we also like relate to a lot of the same struggles and stuff. So it's good. Do you guys, I feel like I've seen on your Snapchat, like you guys will both have your computers next to each other and you're editing. Yeah. So yeah. like YouTube couple, will you guys both like be on that editing grind like till late? Oh, yeah. And then you'll be like, we should go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, we literally have like desks right next to each other in our apartment or when we're working from home, you know, I'm not at the office. We'll just sit next to each other and like poke each other, you know, every <laughs> hour on the hour to make sure we're still alive. And then we that move is so on. That's so funny. Did you date much at all in New York? York before you met John what's so funny oh no not at all I've never been a dater yeah I don't want to waste my time like I'm single now and it's like people ask me like oh are you dating like my subscribers really want to know and like the answer is just like like we got no, stuff to do. I don't want to put my effort into that. And like I do pretty much believe like if you're just doing you and working on yourself and working on Mm. being your best self like professionally and personally people around you will find that attractive and like mm-hmm. something's gonna happen yeah so I'd rather just and keep working on me. again you know how and I it's lame to relate it to like brand work and stuff but when mm-hmm. you're doing you and you're doing well they come to you oh my god they so do you yes. you literally might have that email that's not from a brand but it's from a boy and it could yeah. be like honestly John. I I fully I, I fully agree with that it's like do the things that you love also with videos it's like make the videos you love and like the right brands come around do the hobbies that you love and like you meet the right people for you and all that stuff too so guys it's super simple just get like a million subscribers on youtube make videos (laughs) and you won't be single anymore it's super simple like works for me three-step process (laughs) no i think actually one thing that's kind of Tricky. Well, maybe it's since you've done tech videos, it's like you meet a lot of guys, but doing more lifestyle videos, it's like every event I go to, it's just yeah, yeah. a bunch of girls. Like yeah, if yeah. I I work pretty much just me and maybe one other freelancer I hire. Mm-hmm. So if I meet guys, it's like if me and my friends go to a bar, which are never the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, hmm, maybe yeah. I need a hobby like golfing or something. Yeah. Shelby, yeah, would you go. date a YouTuber? I don't know. I don't like, either. I just want to say no, you know? I yeah. want to say no, too. But, but see, you know, Sarah, you're out here doing it. Thing, you know? Yeah. I, I never... Probably not. Mm-hmm. Listen, I never thought it would be a YouTuber, to be honest, because I was like, that's too much. Like, mm-hmm. YouTube is always my life. But I will say there is something nice to be with a person that they just understand. Like, all I can yeah. say is, like, ugh, my video got, like way less views and i'm really bummed and they yeah. understand that struggle they won't be like that's no big deal what you got like twenty thousand less views like suck it up oh you my know, gosh they, yeah that they, see that advice sounds like previous relationships so it's yeah. fine but me and shelby have that for each other oh wait that's interesting <laughs> huh but yeah so and you know what i love too is like we because all of our videos aren't drama based really they're not based on like our relationships we don't vlog 
it's actually mm-hmm. like kind of fun to talk about this stuff because I never talk about it. Oh <laughs> it might gosh, be interesting yeah. for people. I'm sure it's, people are like, I think it's so interesting. Sarah, Monica, and Shelby talking about relationships. This is dude, wild. Like, like, us three don't really, well, Monica, you've kind of talked about this, but like, on my channel, it, yeah. I don't really. Yeah, but only the big moments, Monica. You know, you don't, yeah. you, you very rarely show your relationship. And I think that's yeah. when it can it can put stress on it when you're relying on the other person to like be entertaining yeah you know? like when i was in my relationship like my boyfriend like a lot of times wouldn't like it when i vlogged yeah and then i was like okay i guess i'll just stop doing that i mean now i'm like any person of interest i don't i don't think i'm gonna like vlog with them or yeah. put them in my life because it's just it does get messy. You mm-hmm. kind of have to get burned before you like decide yeah. that. I feel like so yeah. many YouTubers That's what go I've through heard. that. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. It works for some people, and you know, I wish I could because it's just sharing your life in fun moments is like mm-hmm. cute and fun. But dude, no, not worth. Yeah. Not worth like how things could end horribly. Yeah. So, but you know where I draw the line is if I were dating someone normal that doesn't make YouTube videos and they wanted to start a channel, no nope that's not well, happening then you're gonna and be you see like that? editing the videos for them you're gonna be yeah they're holding their hand throughout i've seen like youtube couples your doing clout. that yeah. and i'm like yo i don't know how they do it you're just gonna resent them honestly for like blowing them up and then when you break up it's gonna be weird yes because they're gonna yes. be in your world and they're gonna like know that yeah i know but it seems tempting for couples because then they're like i mean youtube's obviously lucrative and so they're like dang i could do this and then we're both youtubers making that youtube money but like no i would find that very unattractive too i'd be like no just keep doing you like i meet a guy that i'm interested in and then he like has a hint of like wanting like youtube advice i'm like oh yeah it's either it's either you have to find yeah you either have to find someone who's already doing it on their own and successful mm-hmm. or who has just a completely normal job or maybe they have like an entertainment job where you can still relate to things they're yeah. just not like and and you can still help each other and build each other up and introduce you to people but it's not reliant on the other person you know you can still do your job perfect because then you like get it but it's different exactly yeah Yeah. well shoot that was a lot of relationship talk there you go it was was fun though i mean millennial life crisis they get the scoop i mean crazy that you're engaged i feel like i'm just like so single that i'm like whoa but it's like (laughs) well i never thought yeah i that was so i never thought about a wedding or anything so life just happens you know do you know if you like want to have kids or anything like that because yes that's always from all this advice i'm like you're gonna be the best parent ever oh thank you thank you so much yeah i grew up with like a really good mom so that's always been like that's honestly in high school middle school and high school i was like okay i'll just go to college find a husband like be a stay-at-home mom but then, like, once I started playing music, I started having hopes and dreams. And, like, yeah, I saw... I'm so shocked that you had that thought. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe that came out of your mouth Cause, just Because I'm, I'm a career woman, y'all. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, later in high school and in college, it, it really flipped where, of course, being a mom is always in the back of my head. Um, and I feel like you kind of have to plan your life around it. Wow, like, yeah, you really do. Whatever, like, when are you going to have your kids? But, yeah. Yeah. Dang. Um, no, I, I literally... Yeah. So it, it's something that it changed later on where I was like, oh, I have all these hopes and dreams. Like, you know, I respect people who are stay-at-home moms because it's definitely a full-time job, but I I want it all. I want to I wanna be bold enough to, like, 
have it all. And I know there's sacrifices and there will be times in my life where I can't be editing videos till 2 a.m. because mm-hmm. I got to, you know, worry about a little fart nugget in my life. But yeah. it's one of those things that, you know, you just you get that's why I'm like going so hard right now. Um, I yeah. feel like it's just phases in my life. And um, and, you know, it's the Internet's cool. It's really flexible. You know, you could have yeah. kids and still run an online business and everything is cool. But um, but yeah, I definitely want like at least I want two kids. Yeah. That's nice. For sure. What about you guys? I don't know. I just feel like <laughs> I'm so far off. I like can't even like yeah. think about it. Well, I like babysat. Yeah. Like my only job growing up was babysitting. So, I never did that. And yeah. I'm the youngest in my family and like there's just gotcha. never little kids around. So when yeah. I like little kids, I'm like, what is that? <laughs> well, I I already am a mom to my wonderful little yeah my little dog Oliver. So I yes. wonder if like actual moms get annoyed when like people like me <laughs> joke about being a mom with my freaking well, dog. I mean, you still you still have to clean up poop after it. Yeah, like it's you mm-hmm. have to walk them and play with Gotta them. Gotta feed so. them. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's definitely some similarities. That's why mm-hmm. I'm the opposite. Where I don't want responsibility until I have kids. So mm-hmm, I've resisted okay. the the cat and the dog thing because I know that a flip is going to switch one day when I'm, you know, 30 something and I'm going to have to. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a crazy you know. transition. It's no more millennial yeah. life crisis. It's a uh, No, that's when that's when the family vlogging will have to start. I'll have to oh, monetize shoot. my children mm. to, to so they earn their keep. <laughs> to earn I their think, keep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, parents used to have yeah, like, parents if you used to have kids vlog to work three on their times farm. This week. Oh jeez. Yeah. I I I have kids to edit. <laughs> <gasps> Would love to have a, you know, I love my parents, but sometimes I think about how cool it would be. Like our agent just had a kid and mm-hmm. his kid is going to grow up and be like, my dad's an agent for YouTubers. It's so cool. <laughs> it's going to be so funny. Well, yeah, I so think, interesting. I think it's fine until you start, if your entire monetary source is dependent on having a crying thumbnail of your young daughter so you make her cry for a thumbnail that's the line like i think it's i think it's extremely lame when you Mm -hmm. have to go out of your way to make your kids do something that they that isn't for them like isn't beneficial for their maturity and like them growing up in life like when you have to go out of their way for that that's when i think the line is drawn i i think it's fine to share i don't know if i would share it on my youtube channel just because i think youtube Mm -hmm. commenters are like the worst people ever but i I wouldn't be weird about like not showing them on instagram or something um i just think it's how you do it you know i think if Mm -hmm. my parents would have been like vloggers or something i guess i just have the personality type where i would not have liked it i would have been like yeah what I would have been like why did you put my childhood on the internet well yeah it's it's what you want to you want them to be able to have the choice to say yes or no right yeah our dad like sneakily takes photos during family get-togethers and posts them on Facebook and that pisses me off enough where I'm like okay yeah yeah I couldn't do it a closed audience I guess yeah 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 Yeah. but but he was a high school teacher so he's got some of like our high school friends added and stuff where I'm like no I don't want ever whatever though it's fine i i can deal i've accepted it Mm -hmm. it's fine but so in your podcast episode we talked a lot about how we've reinvented our content but you also have because you know you went from just kind of doing it for fun to all of a sudden like getting serious about it and then you had the casey video 
did you did you feel kind of like overnight success from that or no um I was so ready for it and I had been mm-hmm. working so hard before that I know people look right. at it as overnight su- success but I was four years before that happened I was ready for that to happen I oh, feel like yeah. I had been preparing years before for it so when it happened I was like okay time to go like yeah, yeah. literally the moment that happened I had an entire new season of creative spaces tv ready the only reason why I made that video was it was the one video that week to like reach beyond my audience I was like okay this will mm. get like maybe a thousand views and then at the end of that video I shouted out my new creative spaces tv season so it's like make something to get views make something to like pull them in mm-hmm. so literally the next video I had the next few weeks was like this really sophisticated creative docu-series so people really got excited and I think where I misstepped was because it was that Casey audience um I did mm-hmm. learn that hey they want me in the videos it's a relationship mm-hmm. which now I have a lot of fun with I like being on camera but I went a little bit too vloggy like I was like okay it's Casey's audience I got a vlog I got a vlog every day oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's you know in quantity yeah quantity, you were quantity. vlogging but you don't vlog I was, anymore. I was vlogging Monday through Friday and it Jeez. I did that for like seven or eight months and it it killed me. Like I hated it. Um I kinda hate it now too. Yeah, and by the way, like during that time I got that Adobe Creative Residency. So mm. it was one of those things where I had the funding, I had the audience, and I was so stoked and ready to go. So I was really trying anything and everything. So while I was vlogging, I was also filming and editing another season of Creative Space TV. So um, it allowed me that time to experiment and be like, oh, wait, I'm not a vlogger. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what I can do. I'm glad I had that moment in time to document it. Um, but I came out of that experience that year being much more understanding of like the type of videos that I wanted to make. Okay, um, yeah. So, so yeah, it went from vlogging to more focus, uh, a focus back to tech and creativity. I'll insert myself gotcha. into that narrative, but it needs to be a little bit less of like, hey guys, good morning. Uh, gonna go get a bagel for breakfast. Yeah. You vlogging know, like, is just super weird. It's like you start yeah. getting in your head. I've been struggling with it because... I don't know. I'd love to hear why you decided to like stop. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's I've realized it's really weird to let people into your life so intimately and the negative comments that come with it drive me nuts. Those ones like really get at you. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. one of totally that's one of the one of the main reasons. I mean, I even saw it recently with um, like there's a very specific reason why I didn't make a video about John and me's engagement. Like I Mm. didn't do a formal video um and I stopped sharing about our relationship after the vlogging because I saw that like people are nasty in the comments and I don't I don't want them to have any say on what I hold closest in my life you know they're just like they don't deserve that um so so yeah I mean you know I his so he posted his video on his channel he has it's very different when he has an all guy audience. I have mm-hmm. a majorly guy audience. So mm-hmm. when a girl gets engaged, some of these guys are following this girl because, ooh, she's a chick tech YouTuber who talks tech. That's hot, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. they don't want to they don't want to see that girl YouTuber be someone's thing. Right. They don't want to mm-hmm. see her engaged. That's not fun. So they're a little bit more malicious. But then when Jeez. a guy gets engaged and it's an all guy audience, it's like, bro, good job. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I, like, yeah. I'm so stoked, you know, daps all around. So 
the, you know, the video that he posted on his channel was so well received. And then like I mentioned it in a video. I didn't even do a whole thing. I mentioned it in like a tech video and I just got mm -hmm. comments that made me be like, okay, yeah, this is why I didn't make a whole video on it. So I can't, so, I can't, yeah. I, wow. I can't believe anyone would have anything negative to say about such yeah. a happy thing. That's absurd. Yeah. And I'm sorry you have yeah. to deal with it. So, it's so, so that's, isn't, isn't that the weird thing? Like going back to, I guess what we were talking about in the beginning in that it's beneficial in the professional world to know that you have a partner because there's mm -hmm. no awkwardness, right? Mm -hmm. So like almost collabs got easier for me when like, oh, Sarah's locked down. She's not gonna do anything. Even when oh, I'm like, my even, gosh. even when I'm like the most buttoned up, yeah, night, like you, you know, I grew up, anyway. yeah, I yeah. wasn't gonna anyways, but it's so beneficial in that sense. But then it's the opposite in terms of an audience. Cause when you mm -hmm. have a mainly male audience, they don't want to see you taken in their brain and their little weird ass head. It's kind of like <laughs> the feeling of like, oh, I could I could be with her. There's like that mm -hmm. feeling, right? Because she's single. Like, why should that matter? But it does. It's weird. Yeah, it's very that's weird. weird. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. We're, get, we're getting into it, guys. Yeah, but I love it. I, like most of my YouTube career, I guess it was like always like 90% female audience and it wasn't until I started doing Tesla videos and some tech reviews because I don't do a lot of that but I do sometimes yeah yeah mm -hmm. then I was like whoa those videos really guys are into and the comments are different and yeah, yeah. it's yeah. interesting ain't that the truth yeah. well men can be like really mean to girls yeah. online like really yeah. mean yeah there's like, a whole dark side of the internet yeah. yeah it's it's uh i just think it's more i don't know i think it's more common like i hate to say it but it's just i think it's more common for guys to project whatever their feelings are towards women towards yes like, female and the way they look and all these things and it's yeah. like gosh would you say that to your guy friend like yeah about them exactly yeah it's crazy it's like yeah we have more of an expectation to present ourselves in a more totally like I was just complaining on Twitter how manner. it's so hard for me to make videos, especially during like a pandemic, because taking that hour to put on makeup and do your hair is a torture. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's super annoying. Oh my gosh, and I then, gotta. And then of course you, and then of course you have the comments that are that are saying you don't have to wear makeup. We accept mm. you for who you are. And I'm like, what do you mean that one vlog I made without makeup, all the comments were about, are you okay? You look so tired. What are the circles under your eye? I'm like, bitch, I'm not I'm doing that again. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> guys are like, oh, I love like the, the natural look and it's like a Kardashian. Mm -hmm. and you're just like, okay. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, don't you love, and you know what's so funny is some, you know, we have different, uh, it's so funny if you're a guy listening to this podcast you're just gonna get all the scoops make sure y'all are taking notes okay um, mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of times I'll get the comment of like oh my god you're so pretty naturally and I'm like this is just my look where I don't wear eyeliner and eyeshadow like y'all think it's so funny because the look where they think I'm not wearing makeup is just the like lazy version of me not putting eyeliner or doing eyeshadow mm -hmm. I'm like I still put on foundation like <laughs> Recently, I've been vlogging in quarantine, and I just don't really vlog other than... I don't think I'll even vlog after this, probably, like, maybe, yeah. but I'm like, yeah, I also feel like it's weird. Like, right now, I'm just so bored that I'm like, why not? Yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so some days, I'll, I'll just vlog without really 
any makeup on. I'm like, sorry guys, I look so bad. And I'm like, why do I feel the need to apologize about this? Yeah. Like, literally mm-hmm. just my life. Mm-hmm. Well, because you all, but it's you almost have to mention it so you don't get all those comments being like, why are you so tired? Yeah. Um, on my okay? new Airstream video, it like did pretty well. It got like 600,000 views. And so, wow. you know, it reaches a random audience that doesn't know you, and which is scary. Trouble. I remember when you posted your podcast thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You get mean comments from, cause it's people that don't know you. It's on the internet. They're probably never going to see you again. And I got this one and like during the Airstream process, there's definitely days I was scrubbing it hard. Okay. This was like huh. beginning of quarantine. Yeah. Not good. And I looked like horrible in a couple of them, but I didn't really care. I'm like, okay, whatever. You see me at my best, my worst, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I did look, oh, pretty rough though. And I got this comment that was like, oh man, how did it go? It said, oh, he was like, it's like I can smell you through the screen. And at first I was thinking like, wow, he's so creepy. He's like obsessed with me. He thinks he can smell me or something. And then it goes dot, 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 bathe. And then I was like, oh, he's saying, oh, you look like you smell gross. And I'm like, oh, great, great. Now I got to get ready every time I go work on the Airstream. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you're working on an airstream like you're vacuuming like, this thing out i was like embarrassed of myself being so arrogant to think that he thought i just smelled good oh my gosh that is so, so yeah so the moral yeah. of the story is just be nice to everyone on the internet okay? definitely definitely be nice like if someone yeah. is putting out positivity they're entertaining you or they're educating you or inspiring you whether whoever it is just don't harp on their physical appearance okay because yes you're poking you're poking at insecurities that might be there and even though we are very confident young beautiful women we still have so many things we hate about ourselves you Mm -hmm. know so just oh yeah just be nice that's that's all we ask yeah yeah i think more people just i mean it's it's simple you know have some empathy like, how yeah. would you like if someone said something mean about your appearance? So mm-hmm. shut the fuck up then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, Clip you it. wouldn't like that. that. Shut up. Okay, yep. just have empathy. Gosh. Yep. But, but yeah. That's I mean, but I would funny. say, all in all, I feel like we're all in these kind of male-dominated things, but we haven't had that bad of experiences. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, th- things are pretty good. Yeah. We're pretty lucky. Exactly. And guys it's are just, great. Exactly. We, we love you all no matter who I'm just are. jealous there's so many talented guys and there aren't as many talented women yes. at like filmmaking and, and stuff I'm like where and are that's y'all why at y'all we got to stick together cuz that's yeah. why I think I think all of us are going to be doing we're doing cool stuff now we're going to be in the next 10 20 30 years um mm-hmm. and I think we can really inspire a lot of young women to like go mm-hmm. for it and that's that's exciting you know yeah no it really yeah. is i think sometimes guys don't understand how it's like oh what's the big deal but growing up it is so weird to think like when you think of a director you think of like steven spielberg or like all these Mm -hmm. guys and how different it would have been for one of them to be a woman totally to look up to i mean all of and imagine and what's so weird too is you just flip the script like if you're a guy do you have any female role models when is the last time that you read a book by a female author when mm-hmm. is the last time that you watched a movie directed by a female it's like it is a different lens to create art through it's a whole different perspective and growing up i had all of my role models were men 
you know, mm-hmm. it was like Casey Neistat, Gary Vaynerchuk, Chase Jarvis. And ultimately I've gotten to meet all of them and it's mm-hmm. been amazing. But how special would that have been to have, you know, like maybe one female version of that? Like that yeah. would have been that would have been cool you know yeah <laughs> i feel like now there are starting to be more and there are yeah. like of those stories yeah. popping up where Definitely. you're like the founder of Spanx, sarah blakely i'm like uh, whoa she's, she's like the youngest mm-hmm. female billionaire and like yeah. it's so weird that like we didn't even i feel like i i feel like i heard about her story maybe like three or four years ago but dang she's so successful yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it's just shedding light on it and you know then young girls see it you have to see it to believe it and then it's easier to to bridge that gap of oh man she's doing that that means i can do that yeah Yeah. you see someone who like they're kind of relatable like they kind of act like you or look like you or whatever it is and you're like if they could do it hey yeah maybe i could do it yeah yeah well Well, i think that wraps it up for this millennial life crisis episode yeah i feel like it's pretty interesting (laughs) that was yeah, I feel like that was stuff we never talk about really on YouTube oh, and everything, yeah. which is kind of like the the point of this podcast because it's like I don't even feel like and it, place, like why would I put this on YouTube? Well, yeah. yeah, and it's um it's so much easier to talk about it when it comes about naturally when it's not because I mm-hmm. get like I get the question from dudes all the time interviewing me like what's it like to be a female in a guy environment? Oh. I'm like, it's fine. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> but then when you're talking to like actual women who understand, <laughs> you can actually have like a dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, man. And it's in a way that it's productive. I think it's either it's either like men are evil, screw them, or it's just awkward when people bring it up. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not here to talk about that. But mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's fun when mm-hmm. it happens naturally and it can be helpful. You know, I think this is very helpful. Yeah, cool. Well, we also made an episode for Sarah's podcast, That Creative Life. So check that out. That's link will be in the description. You got to check it out. Check out all of Sarah's stuff, her YouTube channel, Twitter, Instagram, everything, because she's amazing and my favorite person in New York. So you better check her out. And one day we're going to be doing a project together. Yes. If you really love the episode, Monica and I also have solo episodes on Sarah's podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Just go give her all the love. She deserves it. And she works really hard for her kids one day. It's been, (laughs) exactly. It's been such a pleasure. This is always so much fun um, to talk to y'all. And now I'm convinced that you need to just spend some, both of you need to spend time in New York. Yeah. And then I'll spend some time in LA. Mm -hmm. Come on over, guys. Yeah, we'll come to New York and do another episode where you convince us to move to New York. Yep. And then I'll have my new condo, what we talked about in my podcast. Yes. Go. Yeah, we talk about real estate. We give some, some deets on that. So check it out. Well, we'll see you guys next Tuesday then.